Just a few hours from now, a convoy of protesters calling themselves God's Army will set off for Louisiana, and it begins day two of a planned week-long protest over the Biden administration's border policies. Xavier Walton is in Jacksonville, Florida, with the very latest. Uh, Xavier, is this group, I don't know, up and at them for day two of traveling now? Marky, they are up and at them. Some people awake this morning, and it is growing as well. This truck actually, you know, just joined in Jacksonville, and the one here to your left, this RV, is the one that is going to be leading the pack, the convoy. You know, this group going to great lengths, driving thousands of miles to highlight the ongoing issue at our southern border. You know, the convoy pulling in late last night, welcomed by dozens of people waving American flags and a, a band singing the national anthem. One woman even giving the driver of this RV money, gas money. Supporters traveling from places like New Jersey and Missouri, some showing up from Georgia just to be a part of this Take Our Borders Back convoys. You see them pulling in. It comes as the standoff between Texas and the federal government over border enforcement intensifies. That plus the record number of encounters at the border last fiscal year is why Joseph Fulfer, who is streaming this, uh, is driving across the country. It's defecting my kids when I eventually I'll have grandkids and this is costing us billions of dollars and I've been down there for months and I can tell you the border is wide open. After leaving Florida, the convoy you see it here heads to Louisiana before making stops along border hotspots in Eagle Pass, Texas, Yuma, Arizona and San Isidro, California. And that's where organizers say it's really going to pick up steam. And as I point you over here, you know, it's not just RVs and trucks. It is also normal cars as well. That white vehicle there, uh, a woman, I saw her this morning. She slept in it last night, got a, a few hours of rest, and she said she's getting ready to start driving again in just a couple of hours, Marky. A lot of Americans that are devoted to this cause. Uh, Xavier Walton will check back in as they get going for day two. There we go. Day two update of the Take Our Border Back Convoy. Man, what a movement. This that is, is coming, a movement. It's coming from everywhere, and people from Canada are coming, man. Yeah, and you know, that one stated that they started in Florida. Virginia. They started in Virginia. They're coming down to Florida, over oh, to Louisiana, okay. and then into Texas. So they're coming in on I-10 in Houston, and probably I-10 or I-20, you know, crossing over at Shreveport. They're coming from 35 north. You know what I mean? Coming down 35 south from the north side. Man, this is great. Yeah, it is great. It's great to see people standing up that that they think this, this is an important issue. And it shows people, hey, we're fed up, man. We're, the people of this country are fed up. Just like, the, just like he said right there, it's costing us billions of dollars. Billions. Billions of dollars. And, and a lot of people have lost their lives. Yes. And they've lost their, their communities. They've lost, and, and and now their resources are are tightening. You know their community and and city and county and state resources they're beginning to dwindle and tighten. It's just a big strain. This is a really really bad thing going on, and I'm glad that everybody's starting to wake up and see this. This is not a fad. This is real. This is real. So we're going to be keeping you up to date on what's going on with this convoy. And we got to ask the question, is this thing working? Hey, good afternoon, y'all. This is our Tuesday show. Uh, I'm here with my lovely co-host, Denise. Which I am here, too. And yep. I'm very excited to be here with y'all today. And glad that every one of you, each and every one of you, have chose to download us and listen to us today. we got some good stuff to bring to you. So let's get this day rolling. 
As we discussed on Monday's episode, corruption in the local and federal governments. But there are many different aspects of corruption going on in America. We are going to discuss a tweet from uh, Texas's Attorney General Kim Paxton, who put out a tweet this this past weekend, and what it means for Texans. Then we are going to read through a Breitbart article and an article referencing journalist Matt Taibbi and his threat on X. The radical left defeating MAGA and Trump. We're going to delve through that today. Let's go. I'm ready. Let's do it. But before we start, we have breaking news in our county of Angelina County. Um, I want to get this out of the way real quick and tell you that Angelina County's district attorney will resign on in February. Janet Castles confirmed that she has submitted her resignation to Governor Greg Abbott and will leave the office on Monday, February 5th. Castles did not specify why she chose to resign. Castles took over the office from her predecessor, Joe Martin, in April of 2020. And Governor Abbott's office has not reached out with a comment as of now. So we will keep you updated on what's going on with uh, Ms. Castles and why she has decided to resign all of a sudden. Yeah, and and that story there came from KTRE. KTRE. Channel 9. Channel 9 here in East Texas. So y'all be listening for that. Could be something. Who knows? We'll just follow up on it and find out. Yes, we will. Well, we're going to start right here with Attorney General Ken Paxton, who has been on the move ever since he's been put through the ringer with this impeachment. (laughs) So he says on Twitter, or X, this weekend, he says, the courts are important, yet no one can name hardly any judges. And I ask you, can you name any judges? I'm going to continue to read here. As I travel this state, I ask everyone if they can name even one. It's very rare they can. I'm asking you to remember, though, three names and share them with all of your friends. We need to elect these three to the court, to the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals. I fully endorse these three. Gina G. Parker, Lee Finley, and David Schneck, Schink. We must help spread the word about these three important races. Now, yeah, what is it that makes these races so important that he's stepping out to endorse these three specific judges? Yeah, especially here on the um, criminal appeal judges. So he has set his sights. Paxton promised to go after the Republican judges over the 2021 ruling that struck down the attorney general's ability to unilaterally prosecute voter fraud. So these judges, in an 8-1 to ruling decided that the attorney general of Texas does not have the right the jurisdiction to pro- or the jurisdiction to prosecute voter fraud. Which is absurd. It is absurd. Yeah. Who else is going to prosecute? Yeah. What they want to happen is the people in the local areas. But you know how the left is. They're going to put district attorneys in all these local areas, you know, George Soros funded so that they can just continue to steal elections. So Attorney General Ken Paxton um, has long made clear he would be going after the Republican judges over their ruling. The ruling that struck down the Attorney General's ability to unilaterally prosecute voter fraud, saying that his office must get permission from local county prosecutors to take on such cases. The three judges up for re-election next year, Sharon Keller... Barbara Hervey, and Michelle Slaughter. 
They were all in the eight-to-one majority. Paxton plans to unseat the judges is coming into focus. Primary challengers to all three judges filed Saturday, two days before the deadline. And in an announcement first shared with the Texas Tribune, which is this is where I'm getting my information, is from the Texas Tribune. Paxton's allies have started a new political action committee, Texans for Responsible Judges, that will work to defeat the incumbents. What I also read was that two of these judges are 70 years old and that would be past the age because they they serve a six-year term, I believe, and they would be past the age. Here it is. Two of the judges on the ballot next year, Keller and Hervey, are currently 70 years old and will reach the mandatory retirement age of 75 during the next term of re-electing. The governor would get to appoint their replacements at that point. So it's important to get them out of here now. It's important to get them out of here now. Yep. You know, and so the ones that we are interested in, what, what I have here is the Court of Criminal Appeals Barbara Hervey is in place seven. Gina Parker is running against her. Michelle Slaughter is in place eight. Lee Finley is running against Michelle Slaughter. And the presiding judge, which is Sharon Keller. Yeah. She is being ran against by Sheck, David Sheck. So we want to pay really close attention to these and we want to push these names out. Yes. You know, and, and help Ken Paxton get the word out. Definitely. Very important. Very important. Yeah, Paxton also went on to say, we got to make sure the next round we pay attention to those people and get rid of everybody but Kevin Urey. Paxton said while campaigning for re-election last year, referring to the lone dissenting judge in the opinion. The case stems from when Jefferson County's district attorney declined to prosecute Sheriff Zena Stevens over campaign finance allegations related to the 2016 election. Paxton's office stepped in and obtained an indictment from a grand jury in neighboring Chambers County. And and shouldn't he be able to if he's the state's attorney general? You know what I think they don't like? That he knows his job. Well, and that he does his job. That he does his job. He, he doesn't know his job to where he tries to look for, to find ways to get around the system like the leftists do. Yes. And corrupt the system. Yeah, he really looks for things that the leftists are doing to corrupt the system to stop it. He's looking for anybody that does that. Because mm-hmm. if you notice, the three judges he points out are not hard leftists like Gene Wu or somebody mm-hmm. like that. No. You know, the, the the representative down there in South Texas, you know, he, he you can look at his tweets here lately. He's he's done drawing some some kind of little bit of uh, heat over this. Right. But anyway, my, my point with this is, is that the corruption runs on both sides of the aisle. Yes. And these are, um, well, as I was looking them up on Ballotpedia, they're mild Republicans is what they call them. <laughs> they're mild Republicans. Instead of saying what they are, they're rhinos. They've been captured by the left. That's like saying socialists are mild communists. <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> But what's so crazy about the judges is we had um, someone post on X about another judge in another case that's going on right now, Laura Loomer. Oh, you're talking about Leah, the, what she said last night. And this is concerning the J6 defendants. 
And this was from last night on Twitter at 8.02 p.m. last night. This is what Loomer tweeted, and this goes into the corruption that we're talking about. It's like we said, it's not on. It, it's not just on one side. It's mainly on one just side. But if you look around and you begin to research and and watch and keep your eyes open, you'll see it's everywhere, man. Yes. Our justice, our judicial system is just as broken as any other government institution. Exactly. And this is what Loomer said last night. She said, "Scoop more craziness and weaponized justice." In D.C. today, as it relates to the trials of J6 defendants, reliable sources confirmed to me that during today's jury selection in the J6 defendant, John George Todd III, U.S. District Judge Beryl Howe singled out a potential juror in a January 6th case and asked them, are you offended by what happened that day? Because true patriotic Americans don't do what they did on January 6, 2021. How can a jury be selected if the judge is poisoning the jury pool during jury selection? J6ers cannot get a fair trial in DC even when the judge when when even the judges cannot keep their political biases to themselves. Totally inappropriate behavior by US District Judge Beryl Howell, who has a history of making biased comments in favor of Democrats. And then she goes on to give some more examples of this. Um, but that's my point with that is it, it doesn't matter, man. Here it lately, doesn't. it doesn't matter. And we've pointed this out before, too, is kind of an interesting point. You know, now we're beginning to see, because of how they're treating President Trump and, and how they're treating James O'Keefe and how they're treating a lot of conservatives and how they're coming out and they're targeting these people, and then they get them into there. If, if you think back, we've seen this same kind of treatment happen back in the past, and it happened to poor people. Yes. You know, if you weren't able to come in there and to defend yourself and they appointed you a lawyer, that probably meant 95 to 96% of the time you you were going to jail. <laughs> yeah, because lawyers at that time, they weren't, you know, that those weren't getting paid. And so they went by what really the judge wanted. Exactly. You know, exactly. And you, they didn't fight that hard for you. Yeah. They, they were just there to stand with you and right. just speak for you. And, you know, this is what we need to stop. When did lawyers become so important that they get to speak for everybody? <laughs> well, they do represent people. Well, I mean, they rep in but court. still, think about it. Think about it. You can't even stand up and, and really represent yourself well, anymore. it's all lawfare now, and that's the thing about it. It's all lawfare now. The lawyers have overtaken this, and, and it's it's got to stop. And I think this is going to be the first lawfare election we've ever had. Because the lawyers are going to control the election. Right. And speaking of that, that's where we're going to go next is the lawfare that is going to happen in 2024. In most recent weeks, a 4,200-word article that should have every American citizen concerned about the future of free and fair elections in the United States, Matt Taibbi writes this. The 2024 presidential race increasingly looks like it will be decided by lawyers, not voters, as Democrats unveil plans for America's first lawfare election. To protect democracy, he says, to protect democracy, democracy is already being canceled. We just haven't admitted the implications of this to ourselves yet. Yeah, and it goes on to say here, that as Taibbi outlines, the Democrat establishment's already engaged in a systematic effort to ensure that Biden remains in the White House beyond 2024. 
One part of this effort is a series of lawsuits in a number of states to remove President Trump from the ballot. Another is ensuring that Biden has no serious primary threat, something which has, according to Taibbi sources, been accomplished through threatening would-be challengers. Wow. Well, we've seen it. We've seen it happen, and it's been happening, and he could say in 2024, but actually they started the lawfare in 2020. See, if we were on top of this, which we should have been back when when Florida, when, when, when they said they weren't going to have a Democratic primary, from that point forward, we should have started write-in campaigns for every, every state in the nation yeah. that we could do. You know what I mean? During a primary, and primary Biden out of there. Yes. Because... I don't understand how they can threaten their own party members. Because they're communists and they're, they're authoritarians, and this is just nuts, man. We're third world. Yeah. We're we've, a, been, we've been captured. We're take, we've been taken over. <laughs> We're taken over by communists. But um, Taibbi goes on to describe, uh, we've seen this sort of effort before, like we were just talking about. As he relays, and as many major news outlets reported in the months leading up to the 2020 election, a group called the Transition Integrity Project, TIP, comprised of top power players in Democrat circles like current Secretary of Energy Jennifer Granholm and Hillary Clinton campaign manager John Podesta, as well as normal conservatives who had become anti-Trump fanatics, had gathered to war game contested election scenarios. <laughs> they gathered to, to play, I mean, to play war games to figure out how they could steal on an election. The Transition Integrity Project. Uh, yeah. How much irony is in that name? That's what they do. <laughs> how much, they how much hypocrisy these, is in this name? Every one of their little packs or whatever they're called, groups, all sound like something you would want to invest in, right? Yeah, but, but really, but listen, that's another one of those things of them telling you a lie. Look like, at look at how 2020 went down. Look at how 2024 is going down. And look at the name of this group, man. <laughs> I know. The Transition Integrity Project. That's as, that's as hypocritical or as gaslighting, I believe, as you can get. Yeah. God, dog. Yeah, look, it says here, for instance, tip participants feared that Trump would launch investigations into opponents, which is which is exactly what Biden and Democrats are doing now to Trump. The TIP report also alleged that Trump would use Department of Justice and or the intelligence agencies to cast doubt on election results or discredit his opponents, which is exactly what the Clinton campaign and the Democratic establishment attempted to do in 2016 with the infamous Steele dossier and Russian collusion. I mean, they haven't stopped. They, you know, they act like this is just something new. They're just not going to stop. They're going to steal 2024. These people are professional, died in the wool, in their soul, liars. Yes. That's all that these people are, man. I, For the life of me, I can't figure out how a person can stand across from them and buy into all this bullshit. I know. And still believe anything that they say. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's you know they're right. they're forever saying that Trump and MAGA are they're were their cult members, but actually it's the Democrat Party. They're yes, the cult. It's the deep state. The deep state. They they love that they're 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 liars, they're cheaters, and, and they're not ashamed of it. No, that's what I'm talking about. They're proud professional. They 
I bet they would. They should have an award show like the like the Oscars or the Golden Globes. They should have an award show for these people of who gives the biggest lie and celebrate their lie because that's all they they take pride in this. They it do. Seems as though God, you dog, know, man. and and he he writes in a lengthy conclusion. I'm not going to read every bit of it. And I got this from the Associated Association of Mature American Citizens. I do want to hat tip the, hat tip them. It's a great article. This is what Taibbi said. Many who couldn't stand Trump would never vote for him and have been willing consumers of the awesome amount of propaganda published on the Trump subject now need to face the fact that they've been had transform into the avatar of all bad things, a crude domestic combo platter of Saddam, Milosevic, Assad, and Putin. This vision of the uber-villain Trump has been used to distract mass audiences from the erosion of norms at home. Absolutely crazy. That's that's what they've done. They've made this all a normal thing now. Yep. You know, but it's it's not going to end because on the other side we have a Breitbart article here that we've been discussing that that we've been telling you we we're going to talk about, and it says um you know it says exclusive. Here we go. Here's another one. Defeat MAGA. Meet the radical left network that hijacked Democrats in effort to stop Trump at all cost. There's been another well-coordinated, well-funded, and high-powered network of leftist organizations led by a group whose efforts, 2016 Democrat presidential nominee Hillary Rodden Clinton promoted, is behind the push to remove former President Donald Trump, the 2024 frontrunner for president from any party from the ballot, Breitbart News has learned. For years, for years, this is the same Hillary Rodden Clinton that Trump beat in 2016, by the way, everybody. You remember, I will forever and a day be thankful for President Trump for doing that. What do you think, when do you think her best chance to have won the presidency was? When she ran against Obama? It was. Then if she didn't win then, <laughs> what, what made her think that she was going to win again? It doesn't matter who was running against her. She would have lost because she is a horrible person. We, we hated Hillary Rodham Clinton at that time, but we hated Obama more. <laughs> <laughs> we were willing to give up we, uh, at that point. We really we were, really man. Were. We, we were willing really to give up. Man. Obama. And Obama, Obama said, uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't understand why she doesn't hate him like she hates Trump. Well, because he gave her a secretary of state position. Plus, he helped cover her during Benghazi. They're, they're all criminals, man. It was just a matter of who who got the who got the big spot at that point, man. Yeah. You you remember the Loretta Lynch meeting at the at the tarmac with Bill Clinton? Oh and, yes. And then you remember the the how. Clinton was in the lead in the primaries, early in the primary against Obama, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, Barack Obama's the nominee, man. Yeah. You know what? what? That was probably the deal. I bet you, I'm going to sit back here and think back. Okay, so they went to Hillary Clinton and said, hey, we want to have the first black president now. But after he gets his eight, it's your turn. Then we get the first woman. So we get the first black and the, and the first, first woman. woman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. what it was all that about. That was what that was all about. Yeah, and Trump all about. stopped that from happening. Thank you, President Trump. Yes. <laughs> yes. But it's much broader than that. 
For years, this network of leftists grew from a powerful, vast left-wing conspiracy unmasked a decade ago into now being the dominating force on the left determined to stop Trump at all costs. What's more, the leftists clearly control what top Democrats are saying, forcing their leaders to adopt their narrative. They even regularly, openly brag about controlling what the sitting president of the United States says, taking credit for the Democrat President Joe Biden's dark re-election campaign messaging while where Biden has warned of MAGA extremists on the rise. So this MAGA extremist is all coming from the Hillary campaign or from, from her pack. So, but research was compiled by Northeast Florida-based conservative grassroots activist Jessica Bauman shows the intricate links between these groups and just how sophisticated their operations happen to be. Bowman, the secretary of the libertarian-leaning Republican Liberty Caucus, was so alarmed by what she found, she provided this research to Breitbart News exclusively ahead of its public release. The first installment of this bigger investigation into these well-funded and highly organized leftist groups is here in this story. Bowman's research found that these leftist organizations began their work to crush Trump back in the aftermath of the 2016 presidential election. When Trump shocked everyone by defeating Clinton, yay, and the network of radicals has since spiraled into controlling the top levers of the Democrat Party in a desperate bid to stop Trump. So what, what's so crazy about this part right here is the, the Democrat Party... And you and I have discussed this. Clinton took over the Democrat Party. Mm-hmm. And so whatever she says goes. So I, it's Hillary Rodham Clinton and her pack and her money that is controlling the messaging. You think she's the kingpin? She not, is the kingpin. Not, not, not Obama? Obama might, might be putting money in there, but I think Obama doesn't want his name mentioned anywhere. So everything is done in secret. Yeah. You know, we, I mean, he doesn't want his name touched, you know, but I believe he is a part of it too. I really do. Sure he is. But following the most profound upset in 2016, which shifted the political matrix to America first MAGA populism, which that's what we are, a war was declared in the shadows by the radical left. Bowman told Breitbart News, a well-oiled democracy alliance of political activist networks comprised of a collective of left-wing and anti-Trump organizations, even charitable nonprofits managed by Indivisible. Their form mimicking the Tea Party's grassroots coalition structure, battle ready to funnel money and resources to fight using the power of their combined influence to defeat MAGA. So this one is called indivisible boy we're just gonna have to look up all these names there's so well, many that they're using some research of them yeah so we have to really pay attention to these crazy names that they're using yeah because as the article goes on breitbart article goes on to say that the level of influence and control that these leftist networks has over elected officials is essentially unprecedented in our world history yeah you know this is something we've never seen this is a shift like no other and it's not happening just here, man. This thing is going on all over the world. Globally. Yes. Yes, it is. We've been watching it. We've also watched the um, conservatives um, end up beating out these leftists, and it can happen. Yeah. You know? are, are we 
powerful enough to stop it all over the globe? I don't know. I bet we're powerful enough to stop it here, though. Our voices, this go-around, is way more powerful. And the movement is more powerful. And we've been seeing it on social media, out in the public. You know, a lot of people have popped out of politics, but they haven't popped out of their opinions. And they have their opinions. And I believe that they're going to vote the way they need to vote. And I believe the people themselves are going to mm-hmm. put the political pressure this time around the yes. way that we should. You know, we allow these 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 spokesman groups and these activist groups to speak for us. But I think this time, and it's evident with the trucker convoy, and it's going to be evident the more that the year goes on because people are seeing this and we're fed up. Like I say, we're fed up with it. It's like I asked the question, you know, are, are we the people powerful enough to stop this deep state globalization effort all over the world are we maybe not but i bet you we're powerful enough to stop it in our own country close our borders is this thing working rise up well hey everybody that's it for today thanks for listening and i hope you've enjoyed the show hope you've learned some things about what's going on around us in the nation and in your communities you know, we couldn't do this without your continued support either. We appreciate all of you showing up, taking the time to listen to us today. So please, like I say, make sure to hit the like button, share our show with all your friends. We'll see you next time on Is This Thing Working? And as always, I'm James, and that's my lovely co-host over there. Denise. And we'll see you next time. We're out.